Welcome back to Reflections of Darkness with me, your gorgeous drag hostess, Evil. It's quarantine day 50. Woohoo! Party. Oh. Well, shit. What are y'all doing? Screwing. <laughs> <laughs> I love Leslie Jordan. He's adorable, tiny, and hilarious. But really, what have all my listeners out there in podcast land been doing? DM me on Instagram at Reflections of Darkness or Evil Queen SF or both and let me know. I also will accept pictures of your quarantine activities. <laughs> that reminds me, I still need more ideas slash suggestions of what to call all my loyal listeners out there in podcast land. I've gotten a couple ideas, but like the greedy bottom I am, I want more. <laughs> so DM me those as well. Now, on to the next segment. Everyone's favorite, quick reflections. This episode, I have five quick reflections to make up for last time when I only had two. So they'll have to be even quicker than normal because there's so many and I don't want to go too long. <laughs> That's the first time I've ever said that. <laughs> anyway, first quick reflection is let's go in chronological order, starting with 1977's Kathy's Curse, a possession movie that centers around a little girl named Kathy. Shocker. This one is a must-see. The effects and script are hilarious. This movie made it to my must-own list, a very coveted spot, if you will. <laughs> so definitely a must-watch. Next is 1980's Boogeyman, also a possession-ish movie with a killer mirror and crazy light effects. I give this, um, I guess, six mirrors out of ten, but I probably wouldn't watch it again. But it's worth a good, you know, afternoon bored watch. Next quick reflection, number three, is 1990's Child's Play 2, with that adorable little Chucky. Now, it's been a while since I'd seen this, but it really holds up and does a great job continuing the story. Always a must-watch. And I give it 8 out of 10 dolls. <laughs> quick reflection number four. Oh, we are flying through these. Is 2011's The Bleeding House. Now, this one is listed as horror on Amazon Prime, but it's more of a serial killer, psychological thriller, suspense movie, and I give it seven dead birds out of ten, but you'll have to watch it to know why. <laughs> now, the last, and sadly the least, is 19, or sorry, is 2019's The Evil Down the Street. I wanted so much more from this one. I wanted better acting. A better script, a better set design, better costuming, a better plot. Basically, everything. I'd say this gets three potatoes out of ten. <laughs> it's an inside joke if you've watched this awful movie. Well, that was Quick Reflections, really quickly. And now, on to tonight's feature, Killer Sofa. Tonight, I am joined by Miss Shannon via Zoom, because of, you know, the quarantine, so the sound isn't great, but you'll just have to deal. <laughs> Enjoy. Welcome to tonight's wonderful world of Zoom meeting, first time ever, guest across the bay. 
if that's, you know, something. I've had a lot of wine, so let me introduce tonight's guest, the bitchy witch bitch herself, Miss Shannon. Hi. Hi, Evil. I love this little shy hi. You as well. In the middle of a pandemic. Cheers, cheers. Cheers to you. If you guys can see that, we we clunked through the screen, which is a new thing. It is a podcast. They can't see it, so. They have a word for that? I bet you in in Japanese, they probably have a word for, like, doing a cheers over the internet. Probably. They have words for everything. like a specific word that we need. What are you drinking this evening? Um... Oh Lord! Uh, rose, a rose, a bot, like a bear, the barefoot rose. Nice from a Safeway with a shot of vodka in it. Hey, that's the Mixed way to do with it. With some Zivia club soda. Yes, very nice. We call that uh, what is that called? It's a fortified wine. When you add that's more you alcohol it. to it, yes. So I like to call it uh, Shannon. Uh, only has certain ingredients that are house and is trying to get drunk <laughs> during a pandemic. Well, that's okay. I'm drinking lovely. Um, what is this one? This one's white Zinfandel boxed wine because I am a classy bitch. It's, it's a good thing to have. I have. I've got to my blush. I have white left, but it you is. know. Anyway, blush is my thing for some reason. Don't I know. I love it. Okay. Anyways. How are you doing during the quarantine? How is it treating you besides, you know, upping your alcohol intake? Actually, it's been pretty good. I feel like I'm a privileged person. So, like, I've been working from home for years. Nice. Um, yeah. So you're kind of used to it. Yeah. And I have a good, a great space. And I um, I live in Alameda. So if your listeners don't know what that is... I don't want to tell you because I don't want you to move here. So, <laughs> well, they <laughs> keep you tech the, bros out. They do but, have the internet. I'm sure they could look it up if they really, really yes. wanted to. It's a small. It's a very small town, literally right next to Oakland. It's like I'm like two miles from Jack London Square Park, but you wouldn't know yeah. it's a different place. And it's like a 20 minute ferry ride to the financial district. So it's right there, but it's like a small town. Right. Victorians. Oh, fantastic! It's a beach. I've been swimming. Oh, weird, gross. But I'm not one of those people that Gary Newsom is bad. I only go swimming when no one else is there. I guess. Okay. Well, enough with that <laughs> chit-chat. Let's get down to tonight's movie. Tonight we are watching Killer Sofa from 2019. This is a New Zealand movie that really should have been called Killer Recliner. Because there isn't a sofa in this movie. It's very weird. So we start off with the cold open... And it's this man, it looks like he's doing some sort of satanic ritual with like blood dripping on this photo. And then it just kind of rewinds just a touch to this guy cutting off his legs. And the blood is flying and the blood is the worst. It doesn't look like any blood at all that you've ever seen. It's very red. It's It's just very red. It's very... you know. There's gore, though. There's gore. There's... Like, gore from his legs goes onto this picture of this beautiful yes. woman. So that's good. I mean, the gore is good. The blood is a little fakey, but, you know. It's... And when I say beautiful, I mean B-movie beautiful. Yes. I'm not talking yes. about A-list. Yes, yes, for sure. So then, cut to the... Oh, I'm sorry. Some people say I say cut to too much, but you know what? That's what I do. I cut to the next scene. Okay, do you want me to say jump to... Cut through the bullshit. Uh, there it is. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so then we see these three people, which I don't understand these three people, uh, looking in this storage unit 
and there's all this weird like macabre voodoo stuff in there and then there's this chair this recliner like a lazy like a boy brown, recliner a brown recliner yeah just hanging there chained up with like a little sign on it or something that says it goes to francesca who is our main uh actress in this movie so they're trying to move the chair and all of a sudden it like bites into this girl's hand like the recliner just kind of almost takes this girl's sort fingers of. off it's like the underneath parts right? yeah like... yeah it just closes on her and so that girl is out of the movie she's done and then it's these other two which i think the only other time we see this boy is when he drops off the chair and then we never see him again which is too bad I, because he I was don't cute i know why they went through all this trouble for the chair i i honestly don't either and i yeah i don't know like so were then, they getting a lot of money to deliver the chair? Like, they, that whole thing, they were like weird Satan kids, I thought. For were they? Because I thought the one girl was like the main girl's best friend, Maxie. I thought that she was there. It wasn't, though. It wasn't her? Wasn't, wow. It wasn't the same person. I don't know. I'd have to watch it again, and I don't know that I want to. Uh, so then the title sequence starts, and it's this pink and red color scheme of, like, the words, while Francesca is doing her dancing, uh... I don't want to say it's like flamenco-y, but it's very kind of Spanish-inspired. There's, I feel like the singer sounded Argentinian to me, so I felt like the the singer was very cute. I thought he was a little Maori-looking because they are in New Zealand, so the type of singing he was doing felt Argentinian. Yeah, so it'd be very like tango-y. Yeah, like some kind of. But she was dancing by herself. Yeah. Being this kind of what's the word I want? Not seductress, but like kind of. I don't Lombata, know. Seductive. Almost. Almost. Yeah, not quite, not like not, not Lombada Lombada, but like that. Right. It was a mix between that. It was just, a, it felt very like a very South American dance, but I could be wrong. It could be a Maori thing. I don't know. I have no idea. But uh, then it starts the two detectives, <laughs> Detective Gravy and Detective Gray. Instead of like white people talking about. I don't dancing. care. <laughs> I don't care about people's opinions of me. They know I'm a white woman that lives in a lovely house in San Francisco. Fuck them. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, the detectives show up, and it's Detective Gravy and Detective Grape, which I don't know who thought this was a good idea to name these detectives this, but I'm sure that they were like, oh, I have the best idea. Let's make the detectives food. So one can be gravy, and the other can be grape. This person tried to earn his money that day, and he just ended up being annoying. So they show f- pictures of Francesca, the girl who was dancing, they yes. show her pictures of the severed foot that was apparently the, her ex, Frederico, yes. who was the guy who was getting his feet chopped off at the beginning of the movie. And she's like, oh, I haven't seen him forever. And he was like totally obsessed with me. And you'll see that this is a theme in this movie that men are always obsessed with Francesca. And her friend Maxie is always there being like, yeah. Um, she's a creep magnet. She is apparently a creep magnet. This is what we're being led to believe. It's because the recliner is delivered. The old man is like, who is this for? And he's like, Francesca. And he's like, I don't know any Francesca. And he touches the chair and he has some sort of psychic uh, episode where he sees this woman in like old timey wear, like uh, the Renaissance fair. Yeah. And he's running through the woods and it's this thing. And then, it jumps back to him in real life and it's this young guy who's delivering the self is like giving him like chest compressions because he thought he's having a heart attack and dying which i think he was 
every time he has some sort of psychic episode, his heart stops or whatever. So he had the vision when he touched the chair. Remember, it was in the back of the truck. <laughs> he touched the chair, and then he's transported back. Yes. There's a woman in, like, a dress. It looks like it could be Outlander, but it's not because the production value is really low. And she's running, and he can just see the back of her. Mm-hmm. And he's in the forest someplace. And, he, and he's walking around, and he's got, like, this glowy, psychedelic look to him. Yes. This old man. And then he snaps out of it, and it really, it really fucks with his head. Yeah. He starts going online looking to see like oh no that's not yet that's later okay i know but like he's traumatized he's traumatized he he knows what's happening he's he's in the know he had an experience with it with a lazy boy by the way guys this is like this lazy boy looks like your grumpiest grandpa's lazy boy that probably has five thousand farts inside of it <laughs> but it totally has eyes and no other lazy boy but, has yeah, eyes it has button eyes yes big button black. eyes which are hilarious it's, really cute, it's very cute it's got a big chubby face and those black eyes so we see maxi and francesca pull up to francesca's house and francesca's boyfriend is sitting in the driveway sitting in the recliner and all maxi is like girl you know he's gay right and she's like, no, he's not. He's like the only guy who's ever been nice to me and not obsessed with me. Why? Because he's gay. He's yes. not pulled in by your tricks. Um, but TJ, the boyfriend, quote unquote boyfriend, is very cute. He's very cute. Like He has a short part in this movie, but he's very cute. So then we cut back to the old man looking up on the internet about a Dybbuk. And if you know anything about horror movies or Dybbuks, which they've been kind of popular-ish lately because there have been a few uh, movies with Dybbuk's in it. I think it started with The Conjuring and Annabelle. Maybe. The Resurgence. Yeah. And so there's been quite a few of them on. I should have listed them, but you know what? I didn't. So TJ leaves because he has to go do a uh, stag night with one of his guy friends, quote unquote. And (laughs) she's left alone in the apartment with the recliner. And so she's like, I'm going to go take a shower. And then something or someone is watching her shower. Do you remember this? And yes. Oh, I remember what's going to happen now. So we're, she... we're led to believe, though, that it's the recliner watching her shower. Which is totally plausible given the movie. Yes. But this time it is Maxie, her super weird best friend wearing a super scary clown mask. But why is she watching her shower? And why is she sneaking up on her? Like, okay. Is she I also like obsessed all, with her? I showering and you like, like came into my bathroom wearing your freaky clown thing and not letting me know. You might be dead. Like I might've taken like the shower rod and impaled you with it. Right. Exactly. Who is this message me? Oh my God. Stop. Stop. Who is it? Who is it? It's sister Christopher, everybody. Uh, from a previous podcast messaging me stop (laughs) okay uh where was i oh yes 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 uh shower fake out it was maxi watching her shower yes (laughs) then we get some weird sister bonding moment where they're watching a movie with the laptop on the recliner while they sit in the chair and they're just talking like they're trying to have some sort of backstory or lead up to some story where maxi's like oh 
I don't know about the business. You know, we're not making very much money. And Francesca turns to her and goes, you know, you should really concentrate on your music. Might have to close the store. Why? There's too many debts. The antique business isn't really doing so well. I've been trying to get some jobs on the side, but it's not really cutting it. You should focus on your music, Maxie. You're really talented. Out of nowhere, no prompting, and they never go back to it again. Like, why even say that? So then they leave, and <laughs> Maxie looks up at Francesca's window, and she sees the recliner watching her through the window. And <laughs> it's just hilarious. This little, the face on this recliner just peering out the window has so much, like, emotion it's to so, it. It's adorable. It's it adorable, but... It's just so weird that they can convey so much emotion through, like, cushions and, like, two button eyes. But it, it's a, he's a complicated character, okay? I, like, yes. no, he is, because he's adorable, and he, like, he obviously has heart and desire, but he also is, like, a pervy. Yes. Like a pervy sofa dude. But that leads us to the next scene, which is uh, where Francesca... <laughs> sits in the chair and like all the lights go red and then she just starts like she leans the chair back and she starts writhing around on it and having a good old time and she's like caressing the chair like like, squeezing the arms and holding on to the fabric and i swear to god something was gonna squirt out of that chair or out of her and then all of a sudden bam she wakes up it was just a slutty chair dream it was like you know that you have all the time Everybody has those, I, right? I was like, you know, one of the things that I, I was really thinking about when I was watching Francesca's sort of character arc, <laughs> this, you know, this film, was at some point when you're having, you know, this much sexual energy and feelings and dreams about a chair, Why? you start questioning, like, are you, oh, I, what are you doing with this infidel? Sorry. I'm pouring more start, into my glass. Do you start questioning your sexuality in terms of being attracted to objects? No, I think all it was was she has a gay boyfriend, and so she hasn't been getting any, so she's a little uh, frustrated. And so she's but, just having dreams about anything in the vicinity that I, might be pleasurable. <laughs> I want to make this clear. She can only have a gay boyfriend, because every other guy will become obsessed with her and try to kill her at some point. I, I, I guess. I don't understand. But no. I think her- that... I know that's her deal, but but to be sexually attracted to a chair in your dreams, I don't know if that, I don't know what that says about her. Well, that's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah. So then we, you know, jump back to, or cut back to, the uh, grandfather of Maxie, Jack, as we'll become known to him. He's like this quasi-rabbi kind of hippie guy that owns an antique store and has a black uh girlfriend who's kind of voodoo-y i don't know i get that vibe he's from the her. one who touched the recliner everyone in the beginning he touched the recliner had the vision of yes jack had the head. vision yeah and yeah. his father jack's father is apparently still alive because he calls him and he's a rabbi rabbi but he has he wants nothing to do with him because he doesn't take it seriously enough whatever so jack starts watching these little youtube series of this guy that's into like the dark arts and talking about the Dybbuk 
and these YouTube clips are hilarious. Right? <laughs> Girl, you are high as shit, aren't you? <laughs> I am. It was one of the best. It was one of... I'm going to get my shit together here now. So it, it was actually one of my favorite parts of the movie. I thought it was the most well-produced thing. And, it, you know, in terms of just, like, pure logic and character motivation from a story... You've got a guy, he's kind of an older dude that probably watches conspiracy theories online. Very much he touches that. A, he touches a chair, he has a trippy experience, mm -hmm. and now he's on YouTube about possessed chairs. Yes. This is what would happen to anyone. This is the most truthful You part. immediately just go to YouTube and look up, like, demon-possessed chairs. Tell me everything. Yes. 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 Uh, <laughs> so that's happening he's researching researching quote unquote researching on youtube cut back to francesca who is now getting up from her dream and there's this uh what do i want to say this uh trail of candles out to oh, the man. chair and this lovely selection of cookies and yeah. chocolates on the arms of the chair so there are only arms. There's even a rose. There's a rose. There's chocolates and like, a, I guess like, it looks like hot chocolate or a mug of something. Yes. On one side. And then cook, cook like three cookies and a rose on the other. Yes. All, all these candles. And it's like the chair is just sitting there and the chair sort of has these eyes. So it has like a little chair face. Yeah. And it's more of just like, bring that ass over here and sit on me but that's we get, what the chair was doing basically but then we get interrupted her by chair. tj her boyfriend who comes in from his stag party still drunk and she's like oh you're so sweet you had time to like make me cookies and stuff and he's like yeah sure uh, oh first mistake he just took credit for what the chair did chair is gonna be pissed Oh, yes. Okay. And then he eats one of the cookies, and that's final straw. The chair was so mad. The chair was... The chair worked so hard on those... Do you know how hard it is to make a cookie cookies when you're a chair? Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you fucking imagine... Can you imagine? What that chair went through to make her those cookies? Well, I mean, he is magic, so it couldn't have been that bad, right? He know. wasn't that magic. We'll talk about, like, he... The manual, well, he no, he was be... magic. We... Yes, maybe. I don't know. So... He's not, he's not that kind of magic. Right. So we cut back to the detective, and he is now in his office or whatever, drinking his breakfast, alcoholic, um, and he's going through all the files of Frederico, the guy from the beginning who had his leg cut off. We all remember him, Frederico. So he's going through all his no, pictures. No, we don't remember him. And it it's all this, like voodoo macabre weird stuff and he's like yeah he's got his own website he's into he's into like it's it's basically like ridiculous of like horror goth right yes. like if a rob zombie fan made a, a page about his movies and but this, also all, all occult stuff and... right this whole movie is giving me nothing but uh chucky vibes where the guy did the incantation over the doll and he put himself in the doll and that's all I'm thinking is this guy who's into voodoo and weird stuff and he put himself into the chair. That's what I was getting at this point. Did you um, ever... So when I was a kid in the 80s, there was a, <laughs> a, a doll named Jill. No, I don't know and Jill. And Jill was like three feet tall 
and she would, like she would play a tape and she was amateur and she like and talk to you and her song would and her whole th- saying was like i'm just like you that's creepy my mom would put her she was in a chair because she could fit into a chair because she was that big my mom would put her at the end of my bed and she would just look <laughs> at me while i was trying to sleep and my little sister in the other room she didn't like to sleep alone so she would come in but she'd also be scared because jill would just be staring at us and we, we wouldn't move the doll this was going on for months we would just look at the doll the doll would look at us and we would try to fucking go to sleep it was terrifying that is her name hilarious is, I, mean, I remember her name is jill jill she was little like blonde with curly hair and she just and, <laughs> I mean, one time I had a dream. I oh, was God. I was probably eight or nine years old. I had a dream that she grabbed my arm when I walked past her, oh my and God. her eyes rolled back in her head. I would freak out. That is crazy. the The closest thing I had to that was I had a Teddy Rubskin bear that you could put tapes in, and I used to put like a virgin in it all the time, so it would be Madonna, and his little mouth <laughs> would be going to like a virgin. So. Not the same thing, but that's the closest I had to that anecdote. So. Oh my god! Uh, so I had one. Apparently. What do they call it? it starts with a D. How do we pronounce Dibic. it? Dibic. 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 Bees. Oh, Bees. A Dibic. Dibic. I had a Dibic. D i b b u k I think, or D D D i b b y k, but yes, it's a it's a it's a spirit in the uh, Jewish faith. And they're usually captured inside boxes. So, like, it's a Dybbuk box, usually, is what it's called. Well, from what I've seen of other horror movies. But I I guess it could be in a doll, too. Or that's what we're led to believe in this movie, that a Dybbuk can just be in things, like a chair. Spoilers. Okay, so where am I, where am I, where am I? Now that we're off topic. Um, Oh, yes, we've got... TJ is immune to... Francesca's uh, obsession curse because he's gay. Like I said, I've always had this effect on me and it's like they go crazy for me or something. Well, what about your, um, your current partner? TJ, no. He's somehow immune to me. Sexually, I mean, but it's, it's a good thing. He's gay. I just don't want people to get hurt anymore, Inspector. Then we get poor TJ is alone in the house with the chair. And he goes to cook himself in the... Cook himself. Cook himself something in the oven. So he turns the oven on, but he leaves the door open. And the chair is behind him. And he keeps hearing noises and he looks back. And the chair's there with his little foot rest up and then he hears noises again and the chair's a little bit closer he's like he doesn't really get it still then all of a sudden the chair just lunges for him pins him between the open oven door and the recliner seat there's there's something coming out of the oven right that's like a rod or something no it's just the door of the oven holding his legs there and then the spring from the couch pierces through his leg bones, which we're led to believe are, you know, super sharp and just cut through his bones. There's one thing I did have in this, uh, which I didn't mention earlier, is like when she was taking a shower and during this scene where he's cooking stuff in the oven 
and later on scenes, they use smoke and steam in this movie perfectly. Like there'll be smoke drifting out the window or the steam. No, no, no. The, the bathroom scenes were really well lit too. Yes, the bathroom scenes were good, but like they used a lot of smoke and steam in this and they used it cleverly. They didn't like, it wasn't just like there for nothing. Well, it becomes part of the magic too. It becomes part of the, right. what, the process that we're going to learn about. Right, right. Uh, so he's attacked and he's, you know, taken to the hospital and then taken to his mother's house where he's recovering because he can't take care of himself and And she doesn't want to take care of him apparently. Yeah. You can't, you cannot expect a woman that you're not giving it to, to take care of you. Truth. Truth. That's what happened. Yes. But then we get a shot of you know, TJ in his mom's house and he needs water and he's whining. He's like, mom. And she can't hear him because she's doing yoga with headphones on in another room. And then we see a little tap, tap, tap on the window by a giant chair spring. (laughs) And so he's like, what's happening? And he lifts up the window and he sees the recliner out on the street, looking up at him. And so he tries to, Exactly. Peter Gabriel. He shut up. He shut up. It would have been hilarious. <laughs> well, he tries really to. Cute. He tries Look to. Looking up with him, it's like menacing, but it has cute little beady eyes. It does. Right? It has those cute little button eyes. Uh, so he tries to slam the window, and the the springs leave it open. So then he tries to run away, and the again the spring just grabs him by the ankle, and then we're led to believe he kills him, and. Poor TJ. Then you see this cool effect that they have, which is like teal and pink, like lightning kind of 80s Tron looking where the Dybbuk is sucking his soul out and feeding on his soul. And that effect was actually pretty, pretty good for this movie. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like the little lightning effects they were doing. Yeah. The electricity yeah. effects. But it, it was pretty colors. They did a, they, what they did is... A, they didn't have the technology to make it look super refined. So what they did is they made it like this 1980s sort of like neon yes. changing. They just went for art style that I thought was good. I thought this movie handled this ridiculous idea pretty well. Oh, they did. And they did it yeah. in a really smart way. Uh, now I have notes that the old man keeps having visions with his girlfriend uh, about uh, the woman who was apparently the woman he thought was in trouble in the past. Francesca keeps having weird dreams about the recliner. More, more like sort of sexy dreams. But also just like, there was a weird nightmare, wasn't there? Where Yes, where she, uh, this is the one where she gets out of bed. <laughs> oh, sorry. Where she gets out of bed and instead of turning the lights on in the house, she just takes a flashlight out of her nightstand and then walks around the house and when she aims it at the recliner the recliner moves and that was the dream and she like woke up it was a good idea but you had to know it was a dream or that something was up because who wakes up and doesn't turn the light on in their house they find a flashlight to walk through their house with it was very weird but kind of not obvious it was annoying at first but when you realized it was a dream it kind of made more sense right well obviously yeah but still it was like you know something is up like why would you get that and then they're like oh it's a dream and she has so many dreams in this damn movie (sighs) i know i sound i found frustrated but actually i quite enjoyed this movie and it's really not the box wine talking i really did enjoy this movie 
So I was having mixed feelings about the movie until that one scene that we'll talk about soon. Oh, I can't wait. Okay, so... You know what scene I'm talking about. I really don't. <laughs> I don't. When we get to it, you'll know. I probably will. I have so many I notes. think I lost my shit during that scene. You didn't notice? Oh, you did multiple times. Multiple times. <laughs> uh, so then we, we cut to, you know, Francesca actually being awake this time and... She's walking through the house and she looks at the chair and the chair moves and she screams, runs out of the house, calls Maxie, her best friend. Uh, and she's like, I can't stay here. So they leave and Maxie turns back. And of course, the chair is watching them from the balcony with its little chair face with his little eyes. <laughs> I swear these little shots of him just watching people from below or watching people from above they're just hilarious because they're conveying so much through that little face. I, I just, yeah, it's so good. Face, but it's also like he just, there's something, you know, it's, it could almost be a cute cartoon about your lonely, like, lazy boy. <laughs> lonely lazy boy. That's what they should have called this, not killer yeah. sofa. Yeah, no, lonely lazy boy. Oh, okay, so then we get, we go back to where TJ is staying with his mom. And his mom still has no idea what's happening. And she's just sitting there vacuuming and she's like, I've got a vacuum in your room. And he's not answering, and she's vacuuming. He's not answering, of course. Right. And this part was really cool, because you you get a shot inside one of those tornado vacuums of all the, like, all this, like, stuff flying in there, and it looks like chunks, and it looks like a blender, and then all of a sudden she stops it, and there's just this eyeball in the vacuum that she sucked up. And I was like... She accidentally sucked it for some. That was amazing, because, yeah, you don't see the body, you don't see all the gore, you just see... What she sucks up in the vacuum. Right, it's like it's, that it's was a, a cool shot. It was, good, it was a good low budget. Like they they can't they can't do gore very well with this, so that they did best not. Right. Doing it in this other way, which is also campy. Yes, in a works. in a way, yes. No, it was super campy vacuuming. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So then Francesca gets a text from the detective. Now, I don't know. Maybe this is a thing in New Zealand. That detectives text their uh, people. She's there. super. What did I say before? She's super hot. She gets. Yeah, like, but this was like the, about the, the case. Treatment. This was about the case. Like it should be like professional. He should call her. Be like, ma'am, we need you to come in. And it was all about TJ, and the mother was really upset. And then maybe he was just testing her because he likes her. No, no, that was for that. So she goes to leave to go to the police station and she opens her door and who's there? Ralph, one of her other exes, who's completely obsessed with her. And he is clearly super stalker. Okay. He's like, why won't you marry me? He's like, I heard about TJ. Poor guy. He has soft bones. I have hard bones. You want to have a baby with a guy with hard bones. He goes, I have strong bones. Strong bones, yes. I have strong bones. We go have strong babies, is what he said to her. Uh, I'm sure he had a nice strong bone. Side And like that... Hey, Francesca. Uh, Ralph. Uh, I'm, I'm really sorry. I have to go. Have you thought about what I asked? I, I told you, I can't marry you, Ralph. I've got a boyfriend. Um, Maxie told me about TJ. Horrible thing. He has weak bones. 
have strong bones. But make strong babies. Babies? I'm too young for babies, Ralph. I'm, I'm sorry. You gotta let me in, Francesca. talking about but that was the moment where i knew i was dealing with the movie was, was started to surpass my expectations right exactly so he has weak bones i have strong bones we can we have strong babies right on the street yes and he's very stalkery this guy oh he's completely stalker because obviously everybody who dates francesca is obsessed so she's like no leave me alone whatever and she leaves and then we see him break into her house, which we'll find out later was not the first time. Why? Because he's planted uh, video cameras all over her house. But this time he goes in and there's a new recliner there. And what happens? Oh, we know. This recliner is about to kill fucking Stalker Ralph because the recliner wants her too. But Ralph deserves to die. Because he's creepy, yeah, yeah, stalker. This, is, this was me. This is the moment I also. This is like the, the the scene that we're about to approach on. Is the scene I was talking about? Oh, I think I do scene, remember. It's also the scene where I fully empathized with the antagonist, the villain. Okay, you're talking about so Ralph uh, scoops up a, a bra and a hat. It looks like. Yeah, yeah, so he goes into her bedroom. So, like, this is, like, so he's going through stuff, right? He's going, he's, like, smelling things, like... Like a creeper, creepy. yes. Like a creeper. And he he get, he takes one of her hats, and he, then he gets a bra. And so he goes, he goes into the... So he, he's in her bedroom, and he, like, pulls them over... Like, he pulls the duvet out of the way, holds it back. He puts down the bra... And underneath it, he puts down the hat, but he makes a hole in the hat so it looks like a fucking vagina. It, yes, a very <laughs> makeshift vagina. <laughs> for sure. But top of a hat. Like yes. a real poor man vagina. Right. And then he proceeds to <laughs> mount it, cover himself it. with the duvet. He put, yeah, he covers himself with the duvet. And it, it's, it, it's, it belts. And he's, 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 he's getting busy with her fucking hat. He's clearly her fucking her hat. He's clearly... He's fucking her hat. He keeps so saying, you're Francesca, you're Francesca. And beyond that scene, you see the sofa look like into the bedroom. Lonely, lazy boy. Lonely, lazy boy. You see him peer into the bedroom. And then you see him from under the bed. You see him walk <laughs> towards the bed, dragging an iron, which and Ralph, I love. And Ralph is going, Francesca, Francesca. And he's fucking the shit out of this. So like, he's fucking the, the shit bed, out of that like, hat, the yes. The bed is going up and down. And yep. like, he's like, like weird in a weird like mounty position like, yes almost, like, i don't even ball, understand like, how that would work hat underneath the the duvet covers all the time right where, where the where the sofa is slowly quietly sneaking up on him well how else would a sofa walk but quietly i mean it's all cushion honestly he wouldn't make noise but then he just swings that iron and just fucking kills uh ralph i was gonna say poor ralph but you know what fuck ralph he deserved to die actually i think this is one moment where the, the sofa had it right yes for sure boy, yeah so cut to maxi and francesca at a hotel room francesca's like can you swing by my place and check on the recliner like why does she want her to check on the recliner i didn't understand that at all like that was a weird 
thing. Like, she was just like, well, you just go by and check on it. So she does. Then it shifts over to the tech detectives talking about something. I don't know what they were talking about because all I could see was how bad the two actors that played the detectives, Gravy and Grape, were. Like, they were the worst actors. Like, the other people were fine. Like, it wasn't, like, the greatest, but they were so much better than these detectives. Especially the sofa. Yes. Who do you think played the sofa? God, I don't know. It's probably in the credits. I didn't look. Jack and Ashanti, his girlfriend, tell Maxie that the recliner is possessed. And Maxie's just like, I knew there was something wrong with that recliner. Like, she just immediately accepts this. But when uh, her best friend told her the thing is alive, she's like, oh, okay, whatever. Let's just put you in a hotel and you'll be fine. So then we get to the next really good scene when Maxie goes to the apartment to check. But the reason she goes is because Francesca's like all weird because she's been traumatized. But she's also asking her like, can you just go check on on the recliner? Randomly. Can you go check on my recliner for me? And it was bizarre. It was bizarre. She went and she checked on the recliner. Well, Well, so she goes to the apartment. She gets in the apartment. And she's in the apartment. She's looking at the balcony. And this part was very good. She sees Ralph dead, just staring in at her. And then all of a sudden, Ralph's body is pulled away, out of scene. So then she creeps closer to the balcony. And she sees the recliner, slowly but surely, picking his body up and throwing it over the edge. And she's like, what the fuck? And then she makes some noise. And the chair turns around and sees her. Then you get the amazing scene. It's so funny because you see the, the chair actually doing the... That's why I'm saying he made the cookies. He was doing the manual labor yes. of trying to hide the body, the recliner. And he totally does, and it works. And then you see the chair kind of chase her down the hallway, and she locks herself in the bathroom. So another good bathroom scene. And she's she's trying to find a way out. And, the, and then you get these scenes of the recliner looking through a hole in the door. And I don't know how they do this because <laughs> the chair actually looks like it's looking through the little hole in the door. It, does. it was, it was hilarious and well done. Maxie basically throws herself out of a window and lands in a garbage can and the garbage can lid closes and scene. We're done with Maxie maybe. And the apparently cause the uh, sofa is, you know, no longer pursuing her, so right. she must be done, I guess. I don't right, know. Right, right. Well, we don't need to get that away now. Right, well, anyway. too late. Oh. Spoilers. <laughs> then it cuts back to Maxie, not Maxie, uh, Francesca. And I swear she was supposed to be in a hotel room, but this didn't look like any hotel that I've ever seen. I think she was at her friend's house. Was she? Was because she was in a hotel before. She was in that inn. They probably only had that hotel room as production for a day or two. And then they went to someone else's house. Then they had to go to someplace else. Well, anyway, she starts hearing voices. And (laughs) she hears this voice coming out of the sink. And all I wrote was, who needs a phone? Use a sink. Because it's the chair talking through the sink in her apartment to her wherever she is. And it's going, it's it's going, Hillary! Exactly. This is the part where we got confused. This is the part where we're like, who the fuck is... Yeah, we're like... And we know the chair is sexually obsessed with her 
and yet is calling her by the name of Valerie. Right. And so then we know that there's another layer to the story that is about to unfold. Right. Then the cops sneak up behind her and they're like, what are you doing? And she's like, I heard the vo- this voice and it was saying Valerie and she's holding this thing of pills, which we haven't even touched, that she has been taking pills through this whole movie and Uncle Jack has been taking pills through this whole movie. This yeah, movie, they don't tell us. Yeah, they never tell us what she's taking, ever. Crazy pills. That is never revealed. We don't know if it's just Xanax. We don't know if it's antipsychotics. We don't know what it is. She's just taking pills. So anyways, the woman is like, how many of these did you take? She's like, I've been taking them every day for years. <laughs> We're like, oh, that, that screams of a problem. But it's fine. Whatever. So the detectives go to her apartment with her to find Maxie because Maxie's been missing for hours now. And what is it that draws them to the the balcony? Was it a smell? No, what was it? I don't remember. I don't but remember either. They go out oh no, they call Maxie's phone and it rings outside. And they're right. like they're so they're looking outside and then it stops ringing because the battery on her phone dies. Which, again, was a really cool scene because it's inside the trash can. and Right. But they go to a completely different trash area, and they find Ralph's body. And, okay, so why, so they find Ralph's, Ralph's body. So what happens is, is, is that Francesca stays for some idiotic reason on the balcony of her place where the two cops go downstairs to the dumpster. She's looking at them from her balcony while they're finding Ralph's body at the dumpster. And when she turns around sofa well i'm sorry lonely lazy boy is looking at her he's like right next to her and i know doesn't he also say something like his little fake mouth moves that's it that's it completely so she's like and she's like i'm not fucking valerie so she screams leaves runs away takes maxi's car and then drives off to a cliff somewhere i don't know at this point if she was like contemplating suicide or what she was doing but she was just sitting there. Then the grandfather calls her. Maxie's grandfather calls her. And he's like, this is Maxie's grandfather. We need to talk. Cut to her at his house. And they're doing like the internet research thing again. And I've got Maxie's grandfather Jack is a quasi-rabbi. Which I thought would be a great band name. Quasi-rabbis. That, uh, that is a good Right. And But they, they figure out who Valerie is. They, they trace it all back through that YouTube series that Valerie plus a guy named Gerard were these uh, witch practitioners back a long time ago. And Gerard was burned at the stake and Valerie killed herself while in the presence of this woman who was related to Francesca, which means Valerie's spirit has been passed down through the generations to each woman. And when she came in contact with the chair that had Gerard's spirit, it awoke Valerie. I keep hearing it says Valerie, but who is Valerie? Valerie and Gerard, of course. Here it is. Valerie and Gerard Collette, they were a French couple who lived in Akaroa in the 1800s, and they practiced witchcraft. Gerard and Valerie were demonic soul eaters. They used the highly toxic petals 
of Miriam Oleander to poison their victims. They were found out and chased by a mob. Gerard was killed, burned alive, but Valerie committed suicide in front of a peasant woman named Marie St. Clair. That's, that's my great-grandmother Marie. Marie suffered from hallucinations. She claimed she had been possessed by Valerie's spirit. After she became the center of fights between the men in the village, who blindly fought for her love, on several occasions to the death, she joined a monastery and lived in isolation until she passed in 1876. Both Valerie and Gerard had the power to ignite obsessive devotion from whoever crossed their path. That's exactly what happens to me. <laughs> and that's how this whole thing is started. But that's why she's always been this obsession of men is because Valerie was the obsession of men because of her witchcraft. It's a very weird, convoluted story. No, it's basically because because there's a part like it's like an ancestral um, possession. Right. So right? Valerie's like, in so her. Valerie, Valerie's in her. A piece of Valerie's in her anyway, right? Like Valerie's in her and has its influence, and that is what's making her creep magnet. Right. And then Gerard is in the recliner. We they think. Just want to be together. Right, exactly. Gerard and Valerie through the ages. Yes, they have to be back together. So then we cut to the detective, uh, Detective Gravy, sitting there doing push-ups. He has a really good body, but his face yeah. uh, looks like a tree trunk. Okay. He, just, uh, he, he looks like he's got a lot of prematurely premature aging. Yeah. Well, he's obviously done a lot of like tanning on his face, mostly only. Uh, but we see him doing these push-ups, and in front of him is this laptop, and we, they swing around, and he's doing all these push-ups just to a picture of Francesca. So now we know that he is now fully obsessed with Francesca. Versus. Or Valerie, if you want to say. Again, I have another note that, again, they're using smoke and steam in this movie in an amazing way. So if you really like effects like that, please go watch this movie. Actually, I should have said that at the beginning. Go watch this movie. It's on Amazon Prime right now. Go watch this movie. It's not very long, and it is a fun little romp. And then watch it, and then come listen to this. Okay? Um, I'll probably say that in the intro, which I'll do later. Yeah. Spoilers. I do them after. <laughs> if you didn't already know. Uh, so then, Francesca's at the rabbi's house, so Jack's house. And they're talking about what they have to do to get the Dybbuk out of the chair. They have to put it in a box, a Dybbuk box. And then all of a sudden she starts to have a dream again. And she's Valerie and it's all this dark, weird stuff. And then she wakes up and the rabbi is having a heart attack. And he's like, he's reaching out and telling her, give me this, give me this. And he's pointing at the aspirin so he doesn't die. And she's like, oh, yeah, the box, which is right box. by the aspirin. Yeah. Yeah. So she takes the box. She's like, I'll take care of it. And she just leaves him having a heart attack <laughs> on the floor. That's fucking Valerie. Self-centered as shit. So Jack's girlfriend comes in, saves him, gets him to a hospital. We're fine with that. He's okay. Again, more pill popping because this movie is about that. Uh... So then, I don't remember who it was. I think it was Detective Grape found some 
IT guy or some tech guy who has not been yeah. in this movie at all. And we Oh, he was super hot. Was he the bald guy? Maybe I'm thinking of someone different. She yeah. had like some other detective with her at some point. No, well, she's she was looking at the spy videos. Yeah, he was hot. Was he? Okay. He was all right. I wouldn't have turned him down. I don't turn down a lot, so uh so they're watching all these spy videos and in the spy videos they see the chair move and so now they know for a fact that the chair's alive or whatever what's his face the detective finds the um the guy who cut off the legs of the guy at the beginning so it was also another ex of hers right i think so this is part where it's confusing this part gets confusing yes there's a lot it's just like, I'm just like, is it, there is, at some point, I just was like, that's a creepy guy that was obsessed with her at some point, and I don't care who it is because he's not a character that we're actually following. Right. So anyways, they, the Detective Gravy is interviewing this guy, and he's like, yeah, he, uh, he made me cut his legs off, and I sutured them shut so he wouldn't die, and uh, the guy was like, why would he do that? Why would he do that? And the guy's like, well, so he could fit in the recliner. And so we're like, oh, shit. The guy is in the recliner. Frederico, yeah. his her ex is in the recliner this whole time. We're like, oh my god. Cut to uh, Francesca freaking out, trying to get the Dybbuk in the box. And she starts dousing the chair and herself with gasoline. And you think it's going to go a completely different way than it does. And she's like pouring gasoline everywhere. It's all over her and this it's all over so the chair. It's so cute. It's so cute. But it's so dumb. Like... It's it's if this no, had no, actually worked, the cute, they would the cute part. The, yeah, but if this had actually worked, they both would have gone up in flames. Right. But, so like, she's in there. She's covered him with gasoline. She's got gasoline over her, herself, and this is the moment. She just she picks up a big, beautiful, beautiful box of matches, like giant, the big yes. matches, right? The the really good ones. The the big the the big the wooden ones. yes. The big wooden ones, and she lights a match. And then she pauses, which I thought was dumb. And then, like, the little recliner just blows it out. Yeah, it just like, it opens its little mouth like real calm and just like. Yeah, and she does it like five times. <laughs> yeah, she does it again. That goes. <laughs> All like cool as a cat, like cool, like whatever, baby. Like you just, yeah. It was hilarious. And finally she like throws the match. She's like, ah! Yes. And so then the detective busts in and shoots the chair a bunch of times. And then the, the front of the chair falls off and you see the body inside. The body of this guy. And he has no face. And then he's just, blood starts pouring out of him. And it's just, it's like, oh, oh. So... She runs away crying. She runs into the bathroom and the detective grape goes and she's knocking on the door. She's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Come out here. Then we see this shot of her in the bathroom, Francesca in the bathroom and something grabs her out of the closet the closet, and it's, it's, it's like it just salary. zooms on this face. We, I, we're guessing it's Valerie. It is Valerie. It's like, it's like a ghoulish it looks like, like a, like a porcelain guy. mask that's been, yeah. like, decaying. Like in a ghoulish way, it looks yes. like, a like a ghoulish ghost, and so it, like it grabs her. Grabs her, and then clearly possesses her, because then she opens the door to the detectives, and she's like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. 
don't worry about it. And they don't say anything else about that. More smoke and steam. It's all over the place. Then we see the trash can outside the lid open. <laughs> Maxie is alive. Oh my God. She hasn't been in this whole movie, but now she's alive again. And she well, walks you know, up. She, she did a good job of avoiding some weird shit. She did. Well, the weird shit is just about to happen. She walks up with, and she's like, what the hell's going on? All the time she has this huge chunk of glass sticking out of her forehead during this entire scene. And nobody's like, are you okay? You have a giant piece of glass in your head. No one cares. No one cares. But she's alive. So that was that. So she leaves. Everybody leaves. Then it cuts to the detective in Francesca's apartment drinking tea. And he's like, oh, it's weird. You decided to keep the chair. So the chair is still there. I know, right? And so she's uh, feeding him tea, which we found out earlier that her and Gerard, Valerie and Gerard, used to poison people with oleander tea. Yes. So, and then it pans over to Francesca, who has now had a serious glow up, like lipstick, hair, makeup. She's always been cute, but now she's got glamour. Now she's like sexy. And a really, really sexy black dress and like eye makeup and the hair all like. Right. So we know that Valerie has taken over. Francesca is gone. Um, So she's poisoning the inspector. Uh, Who thinks he's getting laid? Right. Then we go back to the, uh, I think it was Maxie, and she was on the, the YouTube guy again, the YouTube uh, wick, witch uh, master who knows everything about the Dybbuk, uh, saying that, oh, you know, Dybbuk can last in corpses for a while. It's not unusual for a Dybbuk, after he's done with a human, to use the human carcass to store souls. If the carcass becomes unusable, the souls will be transferred to the nearest object until the perfect host body can be found. And then one of the uh, Detective Grape gets a call from the coroner saying, "Uh, how long has this guy been dead? And she's like, oh, well, he died two days ago. I saw him get shot. And he's like, no, this body has been dead for at least two weeks. She's like, oh, shit. Yep. Inspector Gravy? Not great. Just completed the autopsy of Frederico Morton. Date of death on the files incorrect. What do you mean incorrect? It was two days ago I was there. Well, the body I've got here has been decomposing for at least two weeks. You're absolutely sure? Yep, this body's been dead for weeks. So the body in the chair has always been dead. But the Dybbuk was just inside there. Right. And, and I think Jack had this really good voiceover. Is that if you don't notice the Dybbuk's effects... That sorry, was the YouTube like, guy. That was the, Okay, that was the YouTube guy. Yes. So the, the, the point is, is that, yes, there was a guy in the chair, but that wasn't the real problem. It was, right. it was still a Dybbuk. Right. But now the thing with, that he also said was, it can be in a dead body but it's always going to be looking for a new body 
And I said, you know, like the detective that she's poisoning right next to the chair. Right. So, so Gravy dies, clearly from the poison. And Grape and Maxie are trying to get over to the house because they know something's wrong. Right, and while he's dead, but he dies, the chair, the energy... Does the cool, like, pink and teal lightning thing again. Going into his body, very Big Triple Little China style, all that. Yes, yes. Inside his dead body, which is... I guess we, Gerard is now exiting the chair and entering his body so he can be with Valerie because I'm like, you know, it was kind of like, it's, it's a little bit of, of like, you know, the key master and the gatekeeper. Completely. Right uh, at the end. So yeah. Gravy is now Gerard and Grape shows up and she's talking to him. And from behind, Valerie just comes up and stabs her in the back with a knife. And then Gravy snaps her neck while Maxie is looking takes... at it all from outside. Yeah, and then she just takes off. No, 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 no. Remember, uh, Valerie and Gerard, now that they're free, they come downstairs and they're walking away and she sees them walking away. And they're free. And yeah, they're free. And that's it. And that's the end. Yeah. That's the end. Bad guys won. It was a love story and they got to be reunited. Yeah, it was a love story of like, homicidal witchcraft killer people but you know what when someone really wants to be with you they'll move mountains for you or they'll possess a recliner and kill people with it i mean i think that might be easier than actually moving a mountain (laughs) (laughs) yes it's much easier to be a living sofa chair i'm a living sofa chair on quarantine i'm a living sofa chair (laughs) (laughs) so you know this movie could be really terrifying for for some people because people can't leave their houses right now right and if they had like a lazy boy that even like a brown one my dad had one everyone everyone had that or they knew someone who had that oh yeah like you've almost everyone if you're born after a certain year you've sat or especially if you've been in the midwest because they're everywhere out there. Oh, they're everywhere. And like everywhere. I said, like, it was very cute. It was a very cute chair, but it also looked like something that your, you know, your grandpa had for 30 years and farted in a lot. Prob- yes, exactly. Why he was, like, watching The prices Right. So, now, I like to do... That's scary. I like to do a scale rating. And I think I didn't do it on the last two, but I need to do it. I need to remember... We need to talk about the scale because... Well, the like, scale is going to be a 1 to 10, but I always do... Uh, so in this one, I would say 1 to 10 recliners. How many recliners do you give this movie out of 10? Well, so this is hard because am I doing for my normal cinema or my B-movie cinema scale? Well, it's up to this you. a complicated question. I know. Okay, I can go first. I'm going right. to give this... Uh, I'm going to say... Uh, seven out of ten recliners oh wow so i was gonna give it i was gonna give it lower i was gonna give it a five okay well that's up to you that's totally your thing but i'm but but i will have to say that the redeeming factor for it is the adorableness of the lonely lazy boy yeah i mean the story was a bit convoluted and got a little when he weird. was throwing when he was trying to throw away his body like that was very cute. Dumping the body. Dumping the the recliner trying to hide like a body was because it kind of broke a fourth wall when it comes to those kinds of possession movies. Because they, they, the doll or whatever only shows it to be scary. 
you don't usually see the doll try to cover its tracks. Maybe Chucky did this a little bit, but Chucky also was comedic. Yes. Well, so was this. This was clearly a goofball movie, but it was so... For a low-budget New Zealand horror movie about a recliner that comes to life, I think it was pretty well done. Yeah, I mean, so the way that I... I mean, if I were to rate it on not my usual movie scale, but, like, if you are a filmmaker and you're given this premise, like, you don't have a choice. Right. Someone's like, you have to make this movie. You have to. Like, it's a pro- like it's like a Project Runaway or a RuPaul's Drag Race, like... Right, you have you to know, do this, so like we'll challenge. give you money to yeah. do this other movie, yes. Yeah, like, this is your challenge, so you don't get voted off this week. I would say I would definitely give it, like, an eight. Because, okay. Because, or maybe even higher, because, like... The idea of we want you to make a movie about a killer lazy boy. Yeah, but I still don't understand why they call it Killer Sofa. That just bugs me now. Whoever, whatever weird executive won this. Okay, so this is how this movie got made. I can tell, like, granted, this is all coming out from my ass and it's bullshit, but this is what I can attest to (laughs) being a working writer as creative. Is that there was some rich dude in New Zealand. He had money, but he wasn't that, he's not the guy he's right he's not a creative guy he wanted to make a movie about a killer sofa a killer lazy boy yeah but they should have called it killer recliner or so we'll get to that we'll get we'll we'll get to that so he hired people with his money because he just had stupid money for no reason yes you could either you could either buy tigers with it like from joe exotic or you could have made this movie (laughs) (laughs) don't bring joe exotics into my podcast I, i i i i say no to that Okay. Okay. None of that. None of that. <laughs> so he decided to make a movie instead, and this was the movie. And he got some good people to help him. They got some other good producers to come in and help him do it with the, his money. He had to call it Killer Sofa, even though it was wrong. Clearly and wrong. I bet you, yes. And I bet you anything, it was supposed to be a better sofa, and they decided that the lazy boy was easier. To shoot. Yeah, clearly. And but, they, and he, yeah. but he would not change the name of the script. He would not change it. His nephew, who can't write, wrote it. And he won. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, maybe there they call it Sofa, but in the movie, they always called it a recliner. They never said Sofa. Yeah, not one time. They no, always said recliner. recliner and chair. They never said Sofa. So again, I don't know what it was, but it's fine. So you give it either a five or an eight, depending on what scale you're using. I have different scales. I give it a, what did I say? A seven. Seven. A seven. seven recliners out of ten. Uh, so in terms of everyone, in terms of movies, that I would say just generally, if you were to go on the internet yeah. to watch, I would give it a five. For make this fucking stupid crazy idea work, it's, it's ranked pretty high. Okay. I'd say at okay. least it, yeah. Well, that means we have come to the end of our podcast. Is there anything uh, you would like to plug? Uh, do you want followers? Please tell us everything. Do you have websites? Do you have, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you, um, what do you need? Uh, I actually need to make my website go up again, but I'm, I'm the witch bitch shit on Instagram. Witch bitch shit. The witch bitch shit. The witch bitch shit. Yeah, which bitch shit was already taking so Of course it was. <laughs> Why would it be? I'm witch bitch and her shit. Okay. Um, so I'm the witch bitch shit. The witch bitch shit on Instagram. Yes. And that's me. Anything else? You don't have a store or anything yet, do you? Can they order things um, through the internet yet for you? 
No. Not yet? I, I don't know if I want to go to FedEx right now a lot. Well, no, I, I understand I'm, I'm that. I'm understand. quarantining. Yeah. I, I'm good with my other job, so I don't necessarily need the extra income, but let's see. The I'm followers are always life. nice. So yeah, feel free to follow and like and all that. Yeah, I, so I make art. I, I actually write video games for a living, but like as in the screen right, screenplay, interactive screenplays for them. But I take photos and I draw and I take pictures. And um, yes, yeah, soon she'll be doing a lovely life. portrait of me. Yes. In and all so my glorious evilness. Me. Yes. Welcome to follow me, and you'll see sometimes artwork, a lot of pictures of nature when I'm walking or weird things, pictures of my dog, pictures of me when I'm feeling insecure oh. or I looked cute, and I'm quarantined. And yes, there is no as problem. everybody should be. <laughs> and and like yes, just quarantine pictures, which yes. actually. In California, it's just like bright, sunny, like neighborhood walks. Oh my God, it's so pretty out. It's crazy. I just stay inside in the dark because I can't take all the sunlight. But, you know. We know. I know. We don't want you to turn to dust. No. When it's lovely and gray and cloudy and slightly drizzly out, that's the best time for me to be outside. Oh my uh, God. Oh, you're just so god. I know, so it's weird. God. You're so god. So anyway, that's our that's our podcast for this evening. So say goodbye, Shannon. Bye, everyone. Um, please watch this movie. I think you know it's it's one of the most psycho, psych, psychosexual films I've seen in a long time. It is so definitely a trip. <laughs> definitely a trip. Okay, goodbye. If you get fooled by the Dubuque's apparent passive behavior, then you've already lost. So choose your battles wisely, as the demon is a formidable adversary, and never, ever underestimate the seducing power of the beast. feel like he was talking about me at the end <laughs> well that was killer sofa i hope you enjoyed it because we both pretty much did we couldn't you know stop saying enough about it when i could get shannon to talk you know alcohol other things sometimes you just zone out <laughs> well as always please rate review subscribe tell your friends uh, share on social media. You can always message me at Evil Queen SF or Reflections of Darkness. And Miss Shannon, if you want to follow her, is the Witch Bitch on Instagram. Uh, so until next time, keep watching scary movies. Bye.